You're listening to audio from Covenant Church. Visit covenantdoylestown.org to connect with our ministry. Uh, thank you for your welcome and prayers. And it's been a lot of fun to jump in with the staff. Christina and I are, are glad that this month has come and we, we've jumped in. And uh, I'm really glad that we prayed for college students today. Don't we want to be a church? When college students go back to school, whether it's their first time or they've, you know, they're back for the summer, we want them to know that there's a community of Jesus that's rooting for them, praying for them. Uh, we know some of the opportunity, the temptation, the pressure that they feel. So I'm really glad we did that. Hey, here's a great announcement, new announcement we have a new director of women's ministry named Christy Hummel. We're going to put her picture up here. Christy Hummel. Yeah, it's great. Uh, Christy Hummel and her husband Brad, have they've been here about two years. It's not super fun to show up, and it's hard to get to know people right when you show up. COVID happens. That's what happened to them, but they they dived in anyway, and they help out with the young adults ministry that happens on Tuesday. Uh, the young people love them there because they've opened their, their home and their hearts and lives to that group. Uh, she has, she served in women's ministry at this church. She started a women's ministry before, and she's going to be starting here in September, and we're going to bring her up that month and let you hear from her, pray over her as she starts that ministry. We're going to launch a lot of different kinds of groups in September. We have community groups, okay? Following Jesus is not a solo thing. We need to do that with other people and be around the Bible with other people and pray with other people and encourage other people and receive care from other people. This is a, a community thing, and we're going to have a lot of different groups, men and women's groups. And if you're new to studying the Bible, uh, a great way to learn is to jump into some kind of study or group. There's almost, I think there's going to be over 50 different groups that are going to launch in September. So tune into that. As you saw from that brief video, we're doing a series on prayer. Did, did you know this? That even some atheists pray? In 2004, there was a study that where 30% of the atheists in that study admitted that they prayed, quote, sometimes. This other study found that 17% of non-believers in God, okay, so check, I do not believe in God, admit, yeah, I pray regularly. Uh, I was at a party one time where this was like a party stopper. Uh, young woman was like, oh, you're a pastor. Hey, could I ask you about something? I've found... I've gone through the suffering in my life, and I've found that now I'm at this place in my life where at the end of the day, I want to express gratitude. And I'm expressing that out loud. And to God, I don't really understand God, know God. I haven't been trained or taught in any religion or spiritual system. What is that instinct? What's happening? It was like that moment in the party where the record skips and everyone's like, we're going to listen to the answer to this question. <laughs> it stopped, the, like literally the room turned. There's an instinct, a desire, a soul desire to pray. There is. 
the frequency of prayer actually increases with age, even with those outside the church. And so in one sense, prayer is global. It involves almost everyone at some point in their life. And also, we admit this, and the Bible admits this, it's hard, it can be complicated. You cannot know what to do. We can need to learn prayer. Uh, For those of us who haven't followed Jesus for a while, you know that sometimes prayer can be dry. We can struggle in it. Struggling in prayer is not uncommon. It's not weird. And so, hey, this series is for you if you're like, man, I, I need more focus in this. I need more help in prayer. Look, be encouraged. Jesus' disciples came to him and said, would you teach us to pray? And we're letting Jesus teach us to pray with the prayers of the Bible. The Psalms are prayers. They're songs and prayers. It's kind of like the iTunes essentials of prayer in the Bible. They're right in the middle of the Bible. There's all kinds of prayers too. There's prayers for like when you're celebrating. There's prayers for when you're guilty and you need to confess. There's prayers for when you're really drying down. There's prayers when you're so broken by the injustice in the world. There's all different kinds of prayers. And you might be thinking, okay, how do these connect with Jesus? Look, Jesus is God, inspired the Psalms. He inspired the Psalms as God. He prayed the Psalms as a man. He memorized them and prayed them. There is is a Psalm on his lips when he's on the cross. He also fulfills the Psalms. He fulfills the hope of the Psalms. And we continue to pray the Psalms, and we let Jesus shape our prayers and teach us in prayer. And we're going to end, actually, at the end of this sermon, uh, we're going to pray, and we'll end up praying the Lord's Prayer together. But I'm going to pray some, and um, sometimes, you know, a helpful teacher shows shows you some stuff and then says, okay, now you can do this. Now you can do this. I'm going to pause and let you pray out of the psalm that we listen to. I'm going to pause at a point and let you up, offer up uh, prayers for people in your life who need to be touched by the love of God in Jesus. And there'll actually be hundreds of prayers offered up to the living God this morning here at Covenant. May Jesus teach us to pray. And so we said last week, Look, praying with Jesus changes the game. We don't approach God in and through our own record of good deeds and our own prayer record. God, you should listen to my prayer. Look how I've been praying. We don't come, God, and say, look at what I've done. We come in and through Jesus. And we're connected to him spiritually forever. That's what being a Christian is. And what he has done counts for us. And so we pray with Jesus and in Jesus, and yes, Jesus prays for us. Now we sang Psalm 23. You might have guessed, okay, we're going to do Psalm 23. And for all you folks who have known Psalm 23 and you memorized it, I just want to ask you not to check out, okay? I want you to go, okay, I know this one. I got it. Put on your seatbelt. You know, it's like the... uh, amusement park thing. Just kind of lock in, stay with us. Let's, let's dive into this together and let's see what God would teach us through Psalm 23. This is a Psalm. Here's when you need this Psalm, Psalm 23. 
When you're at a point where you want to express confidence and trust, I want to say, God, I trust you, I love you. When you need confidence and trust, when you don't have confidence, when it's hard to trust God, Psalm 23 is helpful. It's helpful in those times when you're, when like, one of those points in life when you're reminded that you're not in charge and sometimes you don't control that much. Uh, I prayed all these Psalms throughout the summer. And Psalm 23 has been helpful. Like I, okay, now we've sold our house. We're trying to get a house in Bucks County. And it's been helpful to pray again and again this summer. Lord, you are our shepherd. I remember what you've done in the past. And in moments of anxiety, how's this all going to work out? How's this going to come together? The Lord, you have shepherded us in the past. And I trust you again. I'm asking for help to trust you. To just pray again and again. This psalm is to voice trust and to help you grow in trust. And the trust is because God is present. God is present. So we're going to read this together. Let's even now begin to pray this together. Rehearse this to our hearts together. Let's read Psalm 23 together. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is God's word. Okay, we're going to do three passes. How did ancient people, how did David and the ancient followers of God, the Israelites, pray this psalm? How does Jesus connect with this psalm? How we pray this psalm, okay? So first, David and the ancient Israelites, here's what would not need to be explained to ancient people who are familiar with shepherds. Shepherds are live-in, okay? It's not like they're clocking out at the end of the day. Shepherds live with the sheep, and the sheep hear their voice and know that human being that's my guide. That's, that's, this person stands for safety. And a shepherd lives with sheep, guides sheep, protects the sheep. The staff is to guide the sheep. The club is to ward off uh, enemies of the sheep. The shepherd guides, is present, and the shepherd's presence is comforting. And the shepherd leads them home. The shepherd knows the way. Ancient people know, uh, know that. I grew up as part of this church. Uh, I grew up in Western Pennsylvania, outside a small college town. And I had a lady in a youth club, a uh, wonderful, kind woman in our town, explain some stuff about sheep. She had sheep. She's like, hey, kids, I have sheep. So, some of them, when they fall down, they don't get up by themselves. They'll lay there till someone helps them. And some sheep, 
they get spooked out when they don't need to be. They're afraid when there's no reason to be afraid. Other sheep don't know when to be afraid. I had a friend, this makes Western Pennsylvania sound really exotic, you're welcome. I had a friend with buffalo in Western Pennsylvania, 2,000 pound buffalo, and one of his sheep was like, hey Larry, check this out, I'm taking out the 2,000 pound buffalo. No, uh, the sheep got gored, sad story, not smart. Some sheep don't know when to be afraid, and others are overly afraid. But they're needy. They need help. They need guidance, leading, and the shepherd's presence comforts. Uh, there's restoration pictures here. And it ends with the picture of a home, a table in a home, and that the picture shifts a little bit. But God brings us to a table and to our true home forever. Now, where did David where did King David, who wrote this, get this picture? Get this. God loves this picture. And this is throughout the Bible. Throughout the Bible. In Genesis, Jacob, whose name becomes Israel, he's going to bless his kids, and he refers to the God of his fathers, the God who has been my shepherd all my life. All my life long to this day, God has been my shepherd. God shows up in the life of Moses to call him to be a leader of his people. And his people are in slavery in Egypt. And Moses, guess what? You're going to go back and say the words I give you to say. And you're going to lead my people out. What's Moses doing when God shows up? Shepherding. God shows up and calls a shepherd who's shepherding and says, you are going to be my shepherd. Psalm 80, verse 1. This becomes a prayer of his of God's people. Give ear, O shepherd of Israel, you who lead Joseph like a flock, you lead us, you're the shepherd. God called David, the shepherd boy, to be the shepherd of his people and just said straight out, you shall be shepherd of my people Israel. And by the way, this is what a pastor or elder is. This is the picture. So Peter, who blew it, and who needed to be restored. Peter famously denied even knowing his Savior, denied being connected with Jesus three times, and he's restored, and he's told three, he's given these three commands by Jesus. Feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. Tend my lambs. The little ones, the weak ones. Look after them. And so it's not surprising that Peter, in instructing elders of a church, reminds them of their chief shepherd, Jesus, and says to them, says to elders, look, not for money, not for gain, but because you're willing to serve, shepherd the flock of God that is among you. That's what it is to have elders. Uh, this church has elders. By the way, we went away uh, to an Airbnb place in the Poconos with a, a group of pastors and elders, and for a few hours over that overnight, we prayed for wisdom for the church, for God to lead this church. We just prayed that we'd grow in discipleship. We pray for the groups that are about to learn. We, uh, uh, groups about to launch. We prayed for unity. 
in a polarized moment in the world and in our country. We pray that we'd rally around Jesus. We prayed for each other. We broke up into small groups. Hey, what's a burden you're carrying? What's something you want to grow in? What's something like you need to fight? How can we pray for each other? We prayed for each other. We pray that our love would increase. It, it was a blessing just being with those servant leaders for that night and hearing their hearts and seeing how God led our hearts to just, we had multiple times of prayer. We just pray, God, would you lead our church? Would you bless this church? We're about to start our ministry year. And it seemed right and good to just bring ourselves into God's presence and seek his guidance together. That's what a pastor or elder is. It's a shepherd. And so it's not surprising that God takes a shepherd boy, makes him a shepherd king, and you know what he does? He writes a shepherd song. And it's very personal. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. We're meant to pray it that way. And get this. In the scriptures, there's promised in repeated ways that there will be a coming shepherd, a future shepherd. And it's mind-blowing because he's going to be from Bethlehem, which is small, although you are small. It's like, hey, here's the whole world, but someone who is going to come out of Percocet to rule over the world. You were like, wow. Someone from Percocet remembered that, talked to me about it yesterday. I'm like, okay, I'm going to keep on using that. Someone, this Bethlehem is small. And that was what was mind-blowing. Here, we have this, we can bring this passage up. Here's one of them, Micah 5. But you, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, you who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from from you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from old, from ancient days. It's a mind blower. From ancient days, from old, but it's going to come out of this little place. And then next, so one more slide. He shall stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they shall dwell secure, for now he shall be great to the ends of the earth. So it's a mysterious prophecy from the super small place is one who's going to come from, from old, from ancient times, but will be known over the world. And today, Sunday, it's already started, people have been worshiping in languages uh, in Africa that you've never heard of. And I've never heard of. Jesus being worshiped around the globe today. It's happened, it's been fulfilled. And Jesus comes, this is how the psalm connects with Jesus. He prays this psalm as a man. He looks to his father and is restored by his father. And he truly suffered. Jesus is with us. We need a shepherd with us. Jesus got hungry, tired. He, he got so sad, he cried sometimes. He bled, he died and he rose again. Um, Jesus did not ride in the air-conditioned cab while we were in the back. Sometimes we're like, okay, Jesus was God, so 
That, but that, that's true. But he, that didn't mean he didn't go through life and truly feel it and suffer. So Jesus prays this psalm, looks to God, his Father, and also fulfills it. Jesus, okay, we went through covenant, went through the Gospel of John earlier this year, and you learned about the I am statements. When God says to Moses, because um, Moses asked, who should I say sent me? I'm supposed to go to the world's superpower and be like, hey, everyone who works from you, you're just going to let them go. Who should I say sent me? And God says, say I am sent you. And this is going to be my name. I am sent you. And so it's a big deal, and people knew what Jesus was doing when Jesus used I am statements, when Jesus said things like, I am the light of the world, when Jesus said things like, I am the bread of life. And the hope of this shepherd of God's people who would be present with his people, who would lead his people, who would bring his people home is fulfilled with what Jesus says in John 10. And here we are, we're gonna bring it up. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, my own know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep and I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. He lays down his life for the sheep. He's like, I'm not the hired hand. The hired hand would be like, the hired hand who doesn't love the sheep. It's like, look, there's a wolf. This is dangerous. I'm gone. And Jesus says, I am the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep, looking forward to his work on the cross for us. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. So what does it mean to pray Psalm 23 through Jesus? What does it mean to pray Psalm 23 with Jesus? Well, let's look at it again. Let's bring up the first few verses. Bring up the first few verses of Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Jesus, our shepherd, leads, and he's present as a leader. And the picture here, remember, this is poetry too. Provision, food that the sheep actually need, and restoration. There's a lot about dependence here. Uh, to be a Christian, to be a follower of Jesus, is to admit you need to be led spiritually. You can't get there on your own. The best thing for sheep is to learn that they need to trust their shepherd. Look, I'll put it this way. To have a shepherd means to, you have to admit you are a sheep. I actually had someone um, meeting with someone from my neighborhood years ago get mad at me about this. The guy was like, here's what I'm struggling with. I'm offended that Christianity says I'm a sheep and who need, needs a shepherd. And I was like, at least you get what's being said, because that's exactly what's being said. You're not your own God, you're not your own savior. And in the modern West, look in the modern West, this is news. 
We like to pretend we're self-sufficient. We're told we're self-sufficient. We told we can do whatever we want. We're told to see ourselves as much more accomplished, self-sufficient than the picture of the shepherd's sheep implies. And it would be, it's hard for me to overemphasize how clearly the Bible is about this. Look, to be a Christian is to come back. Here, I'll give you 1 Peter 2. You were straying like lost sheep, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. To be a Christian, and I'm saying this Look, if you've been a Christian for decades, I'm reminding you of this, I'm reminding myself, and I'm saying this to people who are new to this, this is how it works. To be a Christian, to become a Christian, you have to admit, I have sin. I am not okay on my own. I need God. I need Jesus to be my shepherd. I need to be under his care. And the good news of the gospel is that we can come to Jesus and say this. We can come with dependence. One of the elders was like, hey, there's good momentum happening right now at Covenant Church, and there's good stuff going on. And also, should we not have a sense of dependence? Like, really dependence. And that's just like spiritual sanity. That's just like spiritual 2020. Hey, we need to pray. The ancient Christians, their prayers, they depend on God for everything. Here's St. Patrick, Ireland's pioneer missionary church planner. Um, I think he's the only pioneer missionary church planner um, that's celebrated with a holiday. I can't think of another one that's celebrated quite like him. St. Patrick, I arise today through God's strength to pilot me, God's might to uphold me, God's wisdom to guide me, God's eye to look before me, God's ear to hear me, God's word to speak to me, God's hand to guard me, God's way to lie before me, God's shield to protect me, God's host to save me from the snares of the devil, from temptations of vices. He's like my sins. From everyone who desires me ill, close and far, alone or in a multitude. He's like, I'm looking to God for everything. Through Jesus, through the good news of what he has done for us, that's how we enter into Psalm 23. Jesus is our shepherd. He is our good shepherd who laid down. We look to him for our care. We look to him to lead us. And we let this both, you have to be humbled by it first. You're humbled first by it, but then really, really encouraged. And this is how present shepherd Jesus is. Verse four, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The presence through even the passage of death is that God is present in Christ. God, you are with me in this. And look, everybody dies. I and you will one day die and meet our maker. And the Christian comfort is that through that dark passage, on the other side is home and light and life, and that Jesus is with us, even in that. Um, it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing to be with older saints whose 
And some people who are even sick, who as they get closer to death, begin to even more deeply taste the comfort of God's presence and kingdom and know his, his promise and even long to be with Jesus. God's presence with us, Jesus is present with us even in death. Jesus can say, he says later in John 10, my sheep hear my voice, I know them, they follow me. I give them eternal life. They will never perish and no one can snatch them out of my hand. They're secure with me. Nothing can happen. Nothing can happen. Nothing can happen to take God's love and his presence out of your life. So the Apostle Paul can say, hey, and this is really comforting, and this is for normal Christians. Hey, live your life knowing that nothing exists that can separate us from the love of Christ. Not persecution, not any kind of trouble, not any kind of cancer or sickness. There's no kind of drama, there's no demon or angel, not rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's God's promise. And that's not just for death, it's for everyday drama. And it's for serious trouble. It's for just like what you're going through. God could be with us in it. It doesn't mean that we know even what God's doing and we don't know often how it will end, but we know how it will ultimately end. We know that our destiny is secure. God has promised to be with us forever, and even now, nothing will separate us from the love of Christ. That's the promise. And I just want to simply ask you, do you know that peace and comfort, and have you been drawing on it? Have you been accessing it? It's possible to have, it's possible to be a spiritual, uh, to be a Christian and to have spiritual blessings that you don't access. It'd be like the person, well, dude, you have a million dollars in your ATM account, and you have that card in your wallet, but you never access it. You never seek to access that comfort and bring it in and apply it to the needs. The Psalms are to pray these things into our heart, to rehearse them to ourselves, and actually pray it into our soul, to ask for it. We can say, God, I believe this and help me believe it. I believe, help my unbelief. I believe and I'm struggling to believe it. I know I need to taste it. I can see in the past where you've provided, where you've shown up, where you've cared, where you've carried. And even now I can say that's true and thank you. And I need to trust more. And finally, look at this. Our shepherd Jesus brings us home. Look at how the Psalm ends. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. There will be honor, even if you're dishonored now. The anointing my head with oil, that was for a guest. That was for a beloved guest. That's honor. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's the destiny. God leads us so we make it home and it's Jesus who has called us by name and who said, look, in my Father's house are many rooms. 
If it were not so, would I have told you? Wouldn't I have told you that? And I go to prepare a place for you. Jesus has gone before us and will bring us home. Jesus is the shepherd who calls us by name. And I, I want to plead for you, plead with you. Look, uh, if you're not a Christian, this is the thing to wake up to, that you need a shepherd. Like people are not okay on their own. You can't be your own savior, and you're a bad God for yourself. Make life revolve around you. You actually end up hurting other people. You make other things God, whether it's money or a certain addiction or pleasure. Come know Jesus as shepherd. That's what being a Christian is. And for those of us who are Christians, look, we're going to pray this psalm right now. I'm going to pray over everyone here. I'm going to encourage you, whether you're a Christian or not, to begin to pray, to begin to do business with the living God. We're going to pray to our shepherd and seek to get this peace and trust into our souls. This is the invitation of Psalm 23. The invitation of Psalm 23 is to know our gracious, kind Savior Jesus this way. Can we pray together? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, uh, we thank you that you are the one who said, I am the good shepherd. We thank you that you are the one who will lead us home. Um, I just admit Lord, I admit for us, we need to get this deeper in our souls to know this peace and trust. Lord, we pray for this. Lord Jesus, receive our prayers right now. Receive our prayers about how we need to trust you as shepherd. Uh, pray to Jesus right now, however you're led to pray. How, do you need, how are you being stirred to pray to Jesus as the shepherd? Let's just spend some time in silence before God. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you've um, told us to be secure, in the f that we can be secure because you have gone before us. You will take us home. We thank you for that destiny. We pray we'd live out the peace of that. Um, Lord, receive our hundreds of prayers right now as we lift up. Pray for someone in your life who needs to be touched by the shepherding care of Jesus. Pray even now for someone in your life who needs to be touched by the shepherding care of Jesus. Lord Jesus, we thank you that we can pray, not because we're experts in prayer, then we know what we're doing. We don't stand in our own goodness or badness, but we come through you and what you've done for us on our behalf. Uh, we thank you that we, 
we pray in you and even now with you. And I pray that uh, you would be with us as we say the prayer to our Father that you taught us to pray. Let's pray the Lord's Prayer together. Let's just lift this up to God. Look up and let's pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. Amen. When we pray in Jesus' name, we pray through faith in him. God hears us. God, is, isn't that encouraging and comforting? Why don't we stand and we're going to continue to pray this prayer as we sing it. We're going to stand and sing and pray the Lord's Prayer. Find out more about who we are and how you can plug in at covenantdoylestown.org.